to Swift Unwrapped. Uh, today we're talking about a couple different topics. Swift Package Registry and the Swift Package Index. Sort of, two sort of related kind of overlapping projects that that are part of a bigger picture in the, the Swift Package story, so to speak. Yeah, that's right. Um, and these are two independent efforts from two separate groups of people. Um, but as Jesse said, they do overlap in the sense that uh, they have to do with packages, they have to do with how you find packages and how you integrate them into your project. Um, and so we'll, we can start probably with a, a brief overview of sort of what, are the, what is the difference um, when we talk about an index versus a registry uh, because they do serve different roles. Starting with the index, um, a package index is useful uh, in determining, um, first of all, in finding uh, packages that you might want to consider integrating to your project. Mm -hmm. uh, so the index comes with um, full search functionality. Uh, in this case, we're talking about a website uh, and potentially a future API, um, like a networking API, where you could access um, a number of different Swift packages that are published out in the wild. Now, keep in mind that the Swift Package Manager um, architecture uh, takes a decentralized approach to um, to fetching packages, which means you can, there's no one central place where if you want to publish a package, you have to go and register uh, your, your package for it to be available to Swift PM consumers. That means if you want to publish a Git repo uh, on GitHub or GitLab or something that's self-hosted, you can do that um, as long as it speaks Git, uh, you, you can do that in the Swift Package Manager and work with it. However, that decentralized nature means that uh, where do you go to find things? Exactly. And there's a double-edged yeah. sword here where GitHub is by, by and large the most popular um, code hosting service out there. And so people probably jump to that first and then uh, they'll uh, you know, if something doesn't exist there, they might just assume that it doesn't exist at all. Right. Um, and then you're you're at the mercy of um, your ability to find Swift packages in GitHub. Right. Which, which is, is tricky. Yeah. It's actually, it's quite hard just to search GitHub for um, specific repos or projects or something. Um, I mean, their, their search isn't terrible, but... Um, uh, you're searching all of GitHub. You you can narrow things down a little bit uh, by language and other things that help, but I have not found it to be particularly useful in finding Swift packages. Yeah, not only that, but um, if you're looking for Swift packages specifically, sure, you can restrict what you're searching uh, on GitHub by the language, the predominant language used mm -hmm. in the repo. However, um, there's a lot of applications and executables that are published in open source that aren't necessarily consumable as a Swift package. Right, right. So then there are other tricks and then you really need to start to know uh, the right way to query these things. Mm -hmm. in, for example, GitHub's um, query API, things like 
you look for a package.swift file. Right. But then again, you don't know um, what version of Swift that it necessarily supports. <laughs> right. Um, and there's there, no way there, to there's narrow a lot to the search for that, right? So. It, it, well, yeah. it just gets more and more um, convoluted in terms yeah. of the query string that you need to to craft to, to, to get exactly what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. So um, an, an index is helpful in terms of centralizing that decentralized um, aspect of finding packages. Yeah, yeah. It solves the, uh, the discovery problem, right? Mm-hmm the human discovery problem yeah and right. we'll, we'll get to the machine discovery <laughs> problem in a yeah. moment but uh, i want to focus on this this particular project from dave verwer and sven um just one second pull up uh, sven's name sven a schmidt um so they teamed up dave Ver verwer you might know from the ios dev weekly uh, mm -hmm. mailing list that's been going on for what like a decade at this point yeah who doesn't know dave <laughs> exactly uh, Dave's so famous that when people meet him, they immediately post a picture with him. <laughs> Picks with right. Dave. So, so they teamed up and built this website built on Vapor. So it's all um, Swift on the server. And uh, it's a collection of um, an index of Swift packages. And they do a lot of neat things like uh, specify the Swift versions that it's compatible with, um, shows the license right up front. They've done the heavy lifting of um, sorting out what is um, a Git repo that just happens to have a lot of Swift um, from uh, things that are Swift packages specifically that work with Swift PM. So they've they've tackled that. Um, so it's a really nice place if you're looking for uh, a package to integrate into your project, you just go there. Yeah. Well, one thing to note is that um, it is a manually curated list, right? So authors have, there's a publicly available JSON file in a repo on GitHub that uh, authors can add their packages to. And that is the source for the Swift package index. Um, so while it definitely is an improvement, it still requires these manual steps, you know, to, um, uh, for authors to, to add their packages, um, or, or to have, you know, someone else from the community add a package, uh, to the index, uh, that they're using if the author hasn't done it yet. So there is that drawback, but, um, it is still, I think, an improvement. And they actually, they have really nice pages for the packages too. Um, they collect uh, all this metadata about the current stable and beta release, um, the, the Swift language version, the supported platforms, um, how many open pull requests there are, how many open issues there are, how many GitHub stars, all of this uh, uh, different information. So you can see it all at a glance, which is really nice. Um, and like we were saying with the search on GitHub, this type of information really isn't readily available when you're just, uh, trying to search, um, with GitHub search. That's right. And, you know, you have quite a few clicks if you're going to GitHub or GitLab, um, if you want to figure out, okay, well, what's the latest stable release for this version? Um, you know, if you've got to go to the releases tab or you need to know yeah. um, the right place to look on the very information dense uh, GitHub website, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there's yeah. a lot that's just tailored specifically for this use case that they package up, uh, no pun intended. <laughs> 
Yeah, but they, it is very easy to add your packages. I've added a few of mine. Um, you just submit a pull request, um, list your package in this, what's become a massive JSON file, uh, but it works. And um, uh, yeah, I think, you know, it's definitely a good resource um, despite some of the, the shortcomings. Yeah, and I think that really, um, we should emphasize that the index is really centralizing the human um, component to mm -hmm. finding packages. There's a machine-oriented um, angle to or benefit to centralizing um, Swift packages as well, and uh, that's more the registry angle. Mm -hmm. um, so our registry uh, is similar to. Um, CocoaPods, for example, where um, if ever you've published a CocoaPod, you first had to um, inform the CocoaPods registry of this package, well, this CocoaPods existence, its version number, how to build it, etc. Mm -hmm. um, tools like uh, NPM for Node and RubyGems for Ruby all work with this sort of centralized uh, repository concept. Mm -hmm. um, I say centralized, That's that comes with an asterisk where uh, very often these package managers that work with registries can basically define a spec uh, for how their registry behaves and you can have multiple implementations. Mm -hmm. um, so in in RubyGems, for example, you get add sources. Same for CocoaPods if you want like a private specs repo. Um, so it's centralized by default, but extensible sort of at a higher order instead of right. um, each package being decentralized, it's each repository of packages that is decentralized. Mm -hmm. and, and that's helpful if you want to use um, a, a machine uh, or like code, a tool to go and search for packages. Uh, like, for example, if you were to specify uh, package by name, um, which is basically how CocoaPods works, um, then it would look it up in, in the registry and then you sort of need unique names. And there's a whole bunch of other problems that come with centralizing this, um, which is one of the reasons why Swift Package, Swift Package Manager went for a, a decentralized approach right off the bat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it seems like a... Um... This seems like a good combination where the Swift package manager itself is a decentralized utility. And then you have this totally separate registry service that is centralized that acts as this kind of main hub for packages. Mm -hmm. But you have this, it feels like a very good separation of these two concerns where Swift package manager is really just about pulling packages into your project, integrating them, resolving versions, and it doesn't really care where they come from. And it sounds like with this proposal for the registry service, you can still use, um, let's say in the world where this registry service is up and running and, it, um, and you can use it, uh, you can still use the old method of integrating packages just via Git or anywhere else um, uh, from, from any source. 
yeah, it still has to right now. It still has to be Git. Um, it's just not necessarily yeah. from GitHub. It can be right, right, another Git host. Mm-hmm. However, there are um, there's some technical downsides to uh, the um, entirely Git-based decentralized approach uh, that Swift Package Manager has today. And uh, well, we experienced that with CocoaPods a few years ago, if anyone remembers. Um, well, the CocoaPods I- issues, if I recall correctly, uh, yeah, let's let's take this parenthetical. Um, yeah. w- actually, stemmed from the centralized nature of the registry that yes. uh, they were abusing GitHub's um, raw CDN uh, to to get to use Git as basically a, a massive database. Right. Uh, that was very frequently accessed, um, very frequently updated and pulled from. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, I, I think GitHub at one point had like 20 servers dedicated to just serving CocoaPods. Right. I didn't know it was that high, but yeah, it was definitely a number of machines like completely dedicated only to the CocoaPods repo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was wild. It sure was. Um, but but those issues actually stemmed from the fact that it was it had this centralized list. Yeah. Um, whereas right. the Swift Package Manager's issues aren't, aren't necessarily issues with Swift PM itself. It's um, inherent limitations with uh, using Git in this very decentralized nature. Right. Um, for one, and, and these these uh, downsides are um, are outlined by Matt Thompson. Um, who's the main driver behind this effort for the Swift Package Registry Service and uh, other um, other sub-proposals that will build up to this. Um, and we have links in the show notes if you want to check them out. Um, so a month ago, uh, early June, Matt started sharing his uh, vision for Swift Package Registry Service. And some of the issues um, that are inherent to the Git-based um, current approach of Swift Package Manager is that uh, speed, cloning a Git repository is much slower than downloading um, just the source that you mm-hmm. need for the version that you need, especially if it's compressed using zip or something. Um, mm-hmm. Efficient Efficiency, same sort of parallel to, to speed here, uh, where with Git, you're cloning the entire history of a project when really you probably just care about a very specific version of a fraction of the size. Um, yeah, so- these these were some of the similarities I was trying to draw upon from the, mm-hmm. the CocoaPods issue from a few years ago. Just Git being slow, you download the whole history and right. um, yeah, all of this. Yeah, and in CocoaPods case, it was actually the index that was... Yeah. the most bloated of all, more so than any individual package. Right, because the index itself was a Git repository. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, yeah. fun times. Right. Um, you know, if anyone from the CocoaPods team is listening to this, you know, I, I think this is a classic case of uh, of something that um, is designed and works well at a certain scale and then just gets yeah. so popular and so heavily used that uh, it just starts falling apart. And um, you know, the the volunteers that have worked on CocoaPods for years, and they are volunteers, very, mm-hmm. yeah, for, for the most part, um, most people who have worked on CocoaPods were, were never paid to do so, even though mm-hmm. a few companies sponsored a, a few things here and there, but it's it's almost negligible. Um, it, uh, that's 
that's sort of what happens when you have um, a group of volunteers that can't invest a lot in um, in uh, either time or hosting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, n- no, no hard feelings at all. Uh, just yeah, absolutely not. Explaining how it is. Yeah, yeah. Love the Cocoa Pods team. A lot of love for all the Cocoa Pods <laughs> core contributors for sure. All right. Um, there's a handful of other um, inherent limitations to a Git-based approach. Security. Uh, Git tags can be reassigned to another commit at any time. Uh, in- <laughs> That's something I never thought about, actually, until I read this. Yeah, sounds, well, <laughs> sounds like a problem. <laughs> the whole left pad uh, debacle that um, oh, that yeah. library... Was it that library or something else? It was left ended pad, up- yeah that ended up being hijacked and had, uh, I don't know if it was Bitcoin mining or it was doing something nefarious. Oh, uh, I think that was a different story. So I think the left pad issue was, or no, what am I thinking of? So there's, there's one package where it was an independent author. It had some name and some company wanted to use that name instead. And so I see the author just removed it completely deleted it from npm which broke a ton of projects right so um, leftpad was just a single line uh, node.js library yeah and it left padded a string right so you gave it a string and you're like however long this is if it's shorter than 10 characters just pad it with spaces on the left i i think that yeah. it was something like that yeah there have been multiple NPM issues over the years, so it's hard to keep track. But there have been some uh, NPM dependencies that uh, were hijacked. Um, yes. Either either by the malicious original author or or someone else who gained right access um, yeah. to the dependency. And then if it's popular, uh, then it's downloaded and used <laughs> in you know, millions of applications. And uh, then they're mining Bitcoin or doing something else. Right. It's wild to me that it is common in that world to have like hundreds or thousands of dependencies on a project, but largely due to like transitive dependencies and all of that, but it still just sounds crazy. Yes. Um, however, some, there are some positive aspects of that where yeah. if um, it's so lightweight to pull in a dependency, um, then you don't have everyone reinventing something small uh, because right. you, you just you just share that and you you centralize the effort for it yeah um, pros and cons yeah always always um so yeah that's a security issue because um you know it's the fact that uh, swift pm is based on git and that it doesn't have a central ledger where it's making sure that no one's swapping out these tags to other commits means that um there, there's no way to cross-reference. Uh, is this tag still um, what I think it is? Mm-hmm. Um, and Swift Package Manager tries to to mitigate that in some uh, small ways. Like, for example, we have a resolved file where um, you'll be informed if the uh, commit SHA changed for a tag. Mm. There you go. Okay. The next time you go uh, Swift, uh, um, Swift Package Update or Swift yeah. Build. Easy to overlook, though, for sure. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there's a durability angle where, again, because of the decentralized nature, um, anyone can choose to just remove their Git repo that used to exist, uh, or it can move. It can be renamed. Um, so, so those are all things that a um, 
uh, that a registry service can help address um, by by addressing each one of those uh, different pillars of, of limitations one by one. Um, earlier, we were talking about um, how a lot of registries out there, including CocoaPods, work on a push model where as a mm-hmm. library author, if you, um, cr- if you create a new library or you uh, even just release a new version of it, you need to, you yourself, go out of your way to inform the registry about its existence. Right. Um, and you, very, you need very to... Very tedious. Yeah, pod yeah. trunk, push, um, what mm-hmm. you're working on, right? Uh, which can take several minutes, even for um, a small cross-platform project. Uh, because locally, CocoaPods will go and build all of your um, claimed supported platforms and, and mm-hmm. things like that. And it'll validate that and then push it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this this push model has a number of drawbacks. And it's typically um, one of the big arguments uh, that people use when they're discouraging the concept of a registry and moving more to a decentralized model. However, it doesn't have to be uh, push-based. A registry can also be pull-based, and that's what Matt is advocating for here, um, which would leverage sort of the underlying underlying platform that the registry is running on. Like, for example, if uh, if GitHub were to host a package registry for Swift, which they have shared an interest in doing mm-hmm. about a year ago, um, uh, then GitHub itself, when they um, analyze uh, the contents of a new repo, a new Git repository, or um, a push to an existing repository, can sort of scan it, analyze it. If they detect that uh, it is, in fact, um, a legitimate Swift package, then they can automatically um, pull those changes in to its registry. So the registry is just always up to date with its underlying platform. Uh, presumably, if um, you wanted to build your own registry, you could do something similar where it pulls from its source, whatever that is. Um, so that that's mm-hmm. actually a really nice um, design. I, I hope uh, they, they find a way to, to build that uh, efficiently. Yeah, so my first thought on this um, is I can imagine, you know, you have your project on GitHub and you just tag a new release and this registry service listens to that and then just does everything automatically, which is sort of how Swift Package Manager is working now if you use it with Xcode. Um, You know, with CocoaPods, you have to update your pod spec file and then push that to CocoaPods through trunk. Um, But with Swift Package Manager, you can make the changes uh, let's say if you're using GitHub and tag a new release and then um, everything just kind of works after that, clients can can pull in that updated version and authors don't have to do any additional work, which is nice. Um, like you, you never have to, unless something fundamental changes with your, um, with your package, uh, you never really have to go back and update that package file. You just tag releases on GitHub, and then everything just kind of works. Um, so if that is how this registry service is going to work, I think that's going to be great for authors. Yeah, certainly. Um, 
We mentioned the inefficiencies of downloading all of your dependencies' um, entire Git history before, but mm -hmm. uh, this registry service defines a way to uh, fetch a package's contents um, via flat zip file. So mm -hmm. you're not downloading uh, anything Git-related, really. You, you are downloading uh, the um, almost bare minimum that you need to build the package. Basically, any file that is tracked by Git, um, GitHub automatically creates uh, zip archives um, of uh, on on a per SHA basis, on a per commit basis, mm -hmm. um, and so that already uh, drastically slim, slims down uh, the weight involved in pulling a repository or a package rather. Yeah, that brings up another thing. Um, if you've used Xcode's integration with the Swift Package Manager, you know, it has to pull those Git repositories down. And it is pretty slow, to be honest, um, if you have a handful of packages. Um, so it'll be nice um, to see that improved, which brings up another question is how, you know, Xcode has this integration with Swift PM right now. Will it adopt some sort of integration with the official GitHub Swift package registry. Um, that would be interesting to see. Um, it seems like Apple and GitHub have a pretty good relationship now. You know, you can like open things directly in Xcode from the GitHub web app. Um, and they integrate, like Xcode in general is just pretty heavily integrated with GitHub. So um, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah. Um, it should definitely keep working on very similar way. Um, it's just that rather than be fully explicit about, uh, the location of the package, um, you can sort of trust the registry to, uh, resolve that for you. Mm -hmm. Um, there's also some added, uh, benefits that relate to security, uh, when you can, um, you can leverage a registry, uh, as opposed to just Git, where you can um, specify what the checksum for that specific release that you as a library author are publishing, uh, you can specify that exact checksum mm -hmm. um, so that uh, the, the package manager can then cross-reference that and make sure that it is, um, it's legitimate, has been tampered with. Earlier we talked about uh, the Swift package index, and we hand waved a little bit in terms of how um, they overlap. But uh, taking a step back, um, I think I'd characterize the index as um, solving the human side of package uh, discovery, mm -hmm. and the registry is more the machine side um, or the automated side. Now, they can work hand in hand. We talked about how the Swift package index right now is a list of manually curated packages. Right. Well, if um, the package index could speak to the to any registry or combination of registries, collection of registries, it could um, get the entire list of the packages that the registry knows about. Right. Um, so that could automate quite a bit of that discovery. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we can imagine. Um... A scenario where um, the the team working on uh, the Swift package index can just 
redirect their backend to talk to the registry instead of this uh, manual list. And hopefully, you know, everything else would still just kind of work in some way, uh, similar to how it does now. And no one has to manually update that list anymore. Yeah. Um, you might still have a handful, very small percentage, I'd imagine, of people who prefer self-hosting their package mm -hmm. um, that uh, they're not putting it on GitLab or they're not putting it on GitHub. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're putting it on their own self-hosted version of GitLab or um, uh, some other code source mm -hmm. or code host. Um, and so you might not completely get rid of the ability to have uh, individual packages that don't correspond to a registry. Um, but it it would be great if you could um, add, if manually add a package to a registry. Um, I'm not sure if that's something that GitHub itself would have any interest in supporting because they want you to Mm -hmm. put your code on their platform but um, right, just right. like CocoaPods is a registry and you can point it to anywhere you can point it to a zip file that's served up by HTTPS um, you could theoretically do the same with with a registry yeah it seems like this pr entire project will be quite a large effort uh, not only the registry service itself but making the necessary changes in Swift PM to uh, accommodate it. Yeah, and speaking of which, um, some of the groundwork for that is uh, being laid down right now, mm -hmm. uh, where there's a recent pitch by Matt Thompson, again, breaking out one of the building blocks of the registry service pitch into a dedicated one where um, He's pitching to enhance the Swift Package Manager to support source archive dependencies. So as opposed to requiring your dependencies to be uh, Git repositories, that you could specify uh, a, a zip um, archive as uh, along with a corresponding checksum um, to your dependency, which would also unlock, um, uh, make it easier to have local dependencies. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, and Matt mentions at the very beginning that they'll be breaking up all the necessary work into individual proposals that can land separately for Swift PM through the Swift evolution process. Uh, so I imagine um, this will take some time. He doesn't necessarily say how many different proposals are needed or if they have uh, dependencies on each other, which would also slow the process down a bit. Um, but I imagine it'll take a bit of time to, um, to get all of these proposals, uh, discussed and approved and implemented. Um, so this is probably a little ways out. Um, and again, not to mention the registry service itself, which is a totally separate project on GitHub side, mm -hmm. but one day. One day we'll have a nice package service. Yeah, that's right. And this is a uh, very large undertaking, um, and uh, we're—it's going to take a while uh, for for us to see the fruits of that labor. Um, but it will hopefully be worthwhile in the long run. I, I think it definitely can be. Yeah. Uh, unless the project loses steam partway through, 
Um, but even then, we we do have some short-term benefits from the groundwork that's being laid, like uh, the ability to have more efficient um, uh, dependency uh, fetching, mm-hmm. where instead of fetching the whole Git history, you can fetch uh, an archive. And one of the downsides with that is that uh, w- with that um, archive dependency is that you need to specify an exact version, and that can wreak havoc when you have uh, multiple dependencies that um, that share a transitive dependency. Mm-hmm. So say you have um, a networking library that depends on a JSON parser, mm-hmm. but you also have, um, you're depending on that JSON parser directly yourself as well, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a dependency that is both direct, you specify directly, and transitive, one of your dependencies has it. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the nice things with specifying uh, the version compatibility specifiers in your package manifest, your package.swift, mm-hmm. is that you can say, well, anything that's 1.x, um, I support because I trust that uh, that library will support semantic versioning. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the transitive dependency, uh, the, the other dependency that depends on it, you can say, well, I support everything that's 1.1.x. Yeah. And so there's there's something in common there. But if you say, well, I need 1.0.1, and your other dependency says, I need 1.2.1, then right. you have a mismatch, and yeah. you fail to resolve your dependencies. So that that's definitely a, uh, a pretty significant downside that you have to be aware of if you're adopting this. Yes, yeah, so this specifically for packages... Uh, using this new archive uh, mechanism instead of Git. Yeah. Yeah. Why exactly is that limitation necessary? Because you're pointing to a file. You're not pointing to a Git repo that has version history. Right. So there's no way to find it. Yeah, there's no way to find it um, until you, uh, you pull down the entire source. Right, right. Um, I suspect that there's, actually I'm convinced that there are ways to um, still gain the advantages of having uh, source archives when used in combination with a registry because that's how CocoaBuzz works, it's how NPM works, uh, right. RubyGems, etc. Yeah, well the registry would solve that problem, right? Exactly. Because if, yeah, once you have the registry even if you're pulling archives instead of Git repos, you the registry has the full history for you, so you can... Yeah, so you're yeah. decoupling. The registry decouples um, some of the metadata involved in de- dependencies from its source. Right, right. Okay, well, I think we will just leave it there. Um, we'll add all of these links into uh, the show notes. Uh, you can find the show on Twitter, Swift underscore Unwrapped. If you like the show, please do leave a review on iTunes. Um, check us out at spec.fm and a uh, host of other podcasts that are there. And uh, thanks to all the contributors to the projects that we named today. You know, we named Dave, Sven, and Matt, but uh, these have been collective efforts with other people involved as well. So thanks to everyone who's participating in the discussions in Swift Evolution 2 or the Swift forums. Yeah, thanks for listening.